This is episode 129 for Tuesday, April 3rd, 2018. Brought to you today from Irving, Texas. Today, we drink all the beers at the Blue Bonnet Brew Off. Welcome to Brew Styles. My name is Powers, and together with Chris, Travis, and Sawyer, we take on the world of beer, one style at a time. Every week we discuss a different style of beer and taste some of our favorites. We hope you leave with a thirst for more. Our podcast may be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Look us up and subscribe to make sure you are kept up to date on our latest episodes. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Brew underscore Styles. Drop by our website, BrewStyles.com, where you can stream every episode, check out our photo gallery, and use the contact tab to send us comments and feedback. You can also find more information about the BJCP and how to become a certified beer judge. Settle in and raise a pint with us as we launch into another episode of Brew Styles. And welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Bruce Styles. We have a fantastic episode lined up today, where right now I'm joined by Powers. What's going on, everybody? And we are here in Irving, Texas at the Blue Bonnet Brew-Off, which is a yearly homebrew competition. And people from all over Texas, really all over the United States, enter beers in the competition in hopes of winning one of the world-class Stein awards that we have. Very nice awards. And uh, it's been around for, this is the 32nd year, I believe. And uh, it's really cool. It's a two-night, two-day event. And we're here on the Friday night commercial tasting, and uh, which is basically a gigantic hotel room full of beer, full of happy people. And we're going to be walking around all night trying different things, uh, hopefully getting some good interviews from both people representing breweries and uh, just people enjoying the beer. And this is Powers' first, uh, I guess, experience with Blue Bonnet. So, you know, we just walked in, just got our first beer. Tell me your initial thoughts. Man, this sounds like, this seems like it's going to be a really great time. Uh, you know, we got in, we got to hang out at the free bar, the Big Thirsty, where they showcase a lot of different Texas breweries, had a lot of really good stuff uh, over there. And that was just starting off. I uh, just uh, attended a really nice keynote by the guys at Bell's Brewery, who just recently started distrib- distributing out here in Texas in the last year or so. And so they told us a little bit about their brewery and a little bit about their experience. But I think right now, uh, just looking around, there's a lot of really good stuff around. I'm seeing a lot of familiar breweries, some familiar faces, um, you know, especially from the from previous from a previous podcast that I was on, I'm sure we'll talk to them here soon. Strange Union, um, but you know I'm really excited just to kind of dig into it and kind of have my first experience with, you know, kind of any sort of beer festival that you could kind of, you know, I guess you could call this kind of a festival experience. So you know it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think that we're going to have a lot of really good beer and a lot of really good conversation. Absolutely. This is one of my favorite events of the year because it's kind of a it's a confluence of both home brewers and commercial brewers and they get to come together and you know you see a lot of people that haven't seen in a while and uh, I like this because it's you know even though it's open to the public the majority of the people in here know what they're doing know about beer know about home brewing uh, there are some people that are just are beer fans and want to come enjoy the night 
Um, so it, it's, it's really neat to be able to see that and just kind of be a part of it. So uh, we are going to, uh, I guess we're just going to wander around for a little bit and see what we like, try a few beers, and uh, Chris will be joining us later on in the episode, and uh, he's going to have to get caught up real quick because this is one of those events that you get real happy real quickly. <laughs> so uh, we'll take a quick break and come back with some good beer. All right, we are on our first interview of the night, and it's with a gentleman who looks like he is having a great time already. So tell me your name, sir. My name is Ed, and I've had too much to drink. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. That's a long name. How'd you get through first grade with that name? Well, my mom was born with it, and she passed it on. I dig it. So tell me, what's in your glass? Uh, it's an IPA from the Big Thirsty, and if you are not at the Big Thirsty tonight or tomorrow then you've missed out on an awesome opportunity because they keep rotating kegs. They have eight kegs. They rotate through even though they're not finished. So I think this may be a Manhattan Project-related IPA, but whatever it is, it's delicious. And if you're not drinking it, well, you're dumber than me, and I'm not too smart. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, Ed, but I do agree that the, uh, the Big Thirsty was really nice. We were there earlier eight beers on tap and constantly rotating. The really cool thing was you could open up the app and see what they had on tap at any time. So instead of getting in line and looking at the whatever chalkboard chicken scratch that somebody's put on there, you can see a nice, nice thing. You want to humor a story about the app? By the way? Yes, tell it. So Drunk Ed has a story to tell. So I keep sending Mike, my friend to our your right, my left, and his friends at JPS Hospital who do great work. Thank you, JPS. Uh, yeah, so every time this list would change, the Big Thirsty list would change, I'd send them an update. Yeah, it turns out they were just testing the app and none of those beers were real. And every single beer that's on tonight is different from every single beer I sent them over months of talking them to show up at this event. And you know what? They still think I'm the bee's knees. That makes sense. I was looking at the list this morning at 9 a.m. because I just wanted to see, and I saw some things from Germany and like some really, really obscure, you know, Oktoberfest. I'm like, wow, this they thing's going. Marzins in. Yeah. Randomly Marzins. And Mike and I are going to Oktoberfest this year. And we're like, well, Anger Marzin, we're drinking it. Posher Marzin, we're drinking it. All those, were, they're on our list, but yet we can have them in Dallas. Why go to Munich? Yeah, we talked ourselves out of that argument, and we're going to Munich. Man, there's no better place. I dig it. Ed, thanks for chatting with us, and good luck uh, making it to <laughs> midnight. Yeah. It wasn't as good as that Hellas, but, I mean, it's a good, yeah, it's a good light lager. Oh, my God. That bank All right, that's Hellas it. You're cut off. You're cut off. That's Sorry. Right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Nobody's ever we'll cut to off. over there anyway. And I'm standing here right now with Stan, a good friend of mine from the Homebrew Club, and he has a can of Revolver Long Range Pills. Now, I'm not familiar with this one. Is it a newer release? Do you know? Relatively new, newer release, from what I understand. Um, Grand just started brewing this uh, commercially for distribution about six, six weeks ago, I think. Maybe tops. About six. six weeks, nice. That's a quick turnaround for a lager. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you started brewing it a long time ago, but I mean, just started distribution uh, about six weeks. Okay, hit the market six weeks ago. Okay. Well, he's going to pour me a little sample, and we'll see what we think about it. Yeah, just from looking at it, I mean, it's gorgeous, brilliantly clear, light straw color with a foamy white head. Aroma smells like Sam uh, Stan's lips and beard, because he was drinking straight of the can. Only you would know that. <laughs> just kidding. Real light. It's a subtle aroma. Got some uh, floral hops, maybe. It's somewhat diacylitic. Diacylitical, huh? A little diacylitical. Okay, they're pulling some butter. <laughs> I'm not getting as much on the aroma. Flavor, I could be talked into it. If I'm judging with somebody and they're they're saying that, I could be talked into it. And no, it's it's definitely there. I like it's as Sawyer would Sawyer would probably call this a butter bomb. I think. Oh my! You think so? I, I, that that's a little harsh. I think. Well, I don't know. I, I've never really detected a lot of diacetyl. It's not something that I'm like super sensitive to. So the fact that I'm getting it is yeah. probably a bad sign. Stan, your thoughts? I think it's got a bit of, a, a bitter of a bit of butter, a bit of corn. Uh, Crossboard's got a little bit of all of it, but it's also clean. It's uh, refreshing. In general, it is what it is. Um, maybe a little, little stronger uh, corn and butter if you want to let it warm up. But I mean, it's, for what it is, it, it, it's a lawnmower beer, and if I'm mowing the lawn, I'm not going to be offended by this. Yeah, I definitely see. You know, as a first, their first run beer, they got some tweaks to make for sure. And as far as I know, this is the lightest thing they make. Yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, outside of this, you get back into the, the ales uh, on their profile. So I, I would say lager-wise, this is the best thing they got going clean-wise. Yeah, so probably this is their, you know, BMC, you know, head-to-head go, go against, even though they were bought out by Miller a few years ago. But I guess you got to have your little product from their, their side of things too, right? Yeah, this, uh, I would assume this is their local yard beer. Well, very nice. Stan, appreciate the sample, and uh, thanks for chatting with us. Cheers, man. And I'm standing here at the Cedar Creek booth. And tell me your name, sir. Doug. Doug. All right, we have, let's see, one, two, three, three options, two options. PA, it's a Dankosaurus, our number one seller, and also a pale lager. All right, I think uh, I will have one, and then he will have the other. So, pour me what you got. Okay, this is a really good beer. We, all of our beers, this sells 61% of all our, all our beers combined. Awesome. How long have you been involved with the company? Uh, I'm part owner for about, uh, about four or five years, right to start. Wonderful. Well, we're really looking forward to this. Thank you, Doug. Thank you. Hello, my name is Travis. I'm with the Brew Styles Podcast. What is your name? I'm Bill. Bill Shaw. Bill, nice to meet you. All right. So I have not heard of Old Town until just this moment. So tell me real quick history. How long have you been around? 
We've been around for five years. We just rebranded in January. We used to be Cobra Brewing. And so we changed our names, got a new brewer, and so came out all new style of beers. Awesome. Okay, so I'm very familiar with Cobra. I've been out to the location a few times. Did not know you rebranded. Very cool. Tell me, uh, what do you got tonight? Tonight we have our Irish Red, we have our Amber, and we have our Pale Ale. Sounds good. I think I will take the Amber. I'm going to go with the Irish Red. Sounds good. beers are named after 70s classic rock songs. I'm starting to see the theme here. Yeah, so that's what we did. Our whole demographic is all kind of classic around classic rock, so we decided to build everything around that. So, Wonderful. Thanks for talking with us, Bill. You're welcome. All right, I'm standing here with Matt from Rabbit Hole, and I'm actually drinking the Black Lager right now. Awesome, so am I. And I know this was the award-winning beer from last uh, last homebrew, uh, Blue Bonnet. That's right. And I just kind of wanted to know, just want to know the process about how you made this from a small batch to commercial size. Well, this is the first time that we've done a Blue Bonnet beer that was a lager. We're kind of new to lagers, and uh, well, as as far as small batch beers are concerned, anyway. That's right. You did the School of Bach. The School of Bach was actually the one last year. It was also a lager. That was the first time we'd ever done one, and it was a big challenge. So this time we decided to scale it back a bit. This is 4.5% alcohol. So very nice, light, easy-drinking lager. Still has a good flavor to it, but it is a, the quintessential Schwarz beer. It's a black lager. Got lots of good, you know, subtle, roasty flavors. Just a little bit of... Coffee, chocolate, but cleans up very nicely at the end. That's the goal with these, with a uh, especially with a lighter, lower alcohol lager, is to make sure that it finishes nice and clean. That was the the uh, what we really liked about Robert Brown's version that we scaled up, and what we were really trying to strive to duplicate in our scaled up version. Absolutely. I like that you do get the roastiness, but there's also the hallmarks of a lager, the real nice, crisp cleanness, easy drinking. Um, it really reminds me of a, a Kostreiser. It's, it's quite nice. Well, that's really what we're shooting for. I mean, we, we want a, a nice, bright, easy drinking beer. It's also the first Blue Bonnet beer that we've put into cans. Uh, last year's beer that we did with uh, Brian Schoolcraft with the School of Bach, we did special bomber bottles of that one. But in this case, because it was a lower ABV beer, we thought the six-pack cans was a better format for it. So we did some shrink wrap cans. We did 200 cases, and those are now available throughout DFW. And we're going to try to get some down to Houston as well because that's where Robert is from. And he's the one whose beer we made. And uh, he's down in Houston, so we're trying to get some of the beer down there as well so that uh, he and some of his friends can have it too. Very cool. I know that this is a, a one-off series you have going, but any chance that we see this recipe make it into your year-round cycle? Well, any of the beers that we make always have a chance. I'm never going to say never. I mean, uh, there's certainly a possibility that it'll happen. We don't ever have plans going you know, it, as we go into it to produce it on a on a continuing basis. But I will say that uh, the one that we made last year has gotten a lot of positive feedback and a lot of people really want us to make it again. And I'm certainly open to that if the opportunity arises. And if the feedback is good for this one as well, then that could certainly happen too. Perfect. Before we go, pronounce the name of this again. Scroobs, Scrub? 
Scrooge Black Lager. Now, the original name for this, uh, remember, it's a homebrew, and uh, homebrewers name their beer whatever they like. It's a Schwarz beer. Now, what do you think of with Schwartz? May the Schwartz be with you. It's a, it's a Spaceballs concept. And so, the, the, uh, Robert, when he named it, it was called Prince Valium. I can't get that past the, the regulatory boards. I can't have Valium in the name of my beer. They won't let me do that. So I had to come up with something else. So I found a different character. Dark Helmet was the first one that came to mind. But there are several Dark Helmet beers already out there. Uh, uh, yeah, well, actually, look at the bottom of the can. Take, take a look at the bottom of the can when you get, when you get your six-pack. Yeah, take a look at that. Um, but we came up with a different character. We used President Scroob. Uh, a little-known fact, Scroob is actually an anagram for Brooks. Uh, that's, that's why President Scroob was named that. It's, it's an anagram for Mel Brooks' last name. Hail Scroob. Hail Scroob. Wonderful. Thanks for chatting with us, Matt. Absolutely. Thanks for coming by. That's good. That is really good. And I'm standing here right now with Rob Stinson, the godfather of Blue Bonnet. How are you doing, Rob? I'm doing very well. Always great to see you, too. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm sure that you've made the rounds, or at least most of the rounds. So tell me your thoughts for tonight. It always keeps getting better. I, you know, I'm enjoying it this year. I can hardly wait for next year. I'm already planning on it. Anything stands out? Yes, she did, but I don't think I ought to discuss that right now. That's fair. I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for chatting with me, Rob. Take care, partner. For those that don't know, Rob Stinson was one of the two members that founded Blue Bonnet 32 years ago and basically is responsible for all this madness. And he's still around. I don't think he's missed a Blue Bonnet ever. So it's really neat to talk with him. All right, I'm Travis with the Bruce Stiles Podcast. I'm here with uh, some people I just took a picture with. So tell me what is something good you've had tonight? There's a lot of amazing beer out here. Hop Fusion has got an amazing beer called Coco Anejo. If you've never had it, it is absolutely awesome. Yeah, but he's got a he's got a microphone, so we're talking. Yeah. Yeah, we are a podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Untapped, Instagram, and we're we're all over the place. What have you enjoyed tonight? Um, Celis. I love Celis. But Homeboy is stashing stuff under his table. He's not sharing. How dare he? Oh, my God. We have not been to Cellus tonight, so that's on our list. I like the Cellus, too. Cool. So there, there's two, uh, two votes for Cellus. How about yourself? Um, 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 the, the, the Orchata L from uh, Three Nations. Oh, yes, yes. We had that one. It was like a really nice cinnamon cream, yeah. real smooth. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I was surprised, too, because apparently, um, yeah, anyway, I really liked it. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful thoughts from our friends at the Horseman. We'll probably hear that week in and week out. <laughs> no, not at all. This is great. This will be our intro for the next 10 years. Thank you so much. Hi, this is Powers with Bruce Styles, and I'm here with the guys with Franconia. Hey, what are you guys' names? I'm Daniel. Bobby. 
I understand this guy's his 10th anniversary. What are you guys doing for that? We are doing four special beers. We're going to release a, our first ones are Hazy Days, which is a Northeast IPA. Uh, we're doing a steam beer, a uh, Belgian blonde, and a Bordeaux-aged uh, winter wheat. And do you have any of those there for us here tonight? We do. We have our Hazy Days. All right. I'm definitely going to get one of those. Very good. So you guys have been around for 10 years. How do you guys feel like you've uh, developed over the past 12, like 10 years and like been the forefront of the DFW craft beer scene? Uh, the main, main thing for us is just, you know, kind of helping those others along that have started after us. Uh, I mean, RAR, Fritz, was always good, you know, a, a, a good source of information for us when we started. They started about four years before we did. So we try to do the same. Uh, Michael Petticolas, uh, Wimbins with Lakewood. You know, we're always trying to help those guys kind of, you know, move up, you know, try, try and grow the craft beer industry as a whole is our job. So. Let me tell you, I graduated from McKinney, uh, from McKinney North High School, actually. So I'm, I'm up from your guys' neighborhood, so I, I really appreciate the fact that you guys are repping McKinney, right? Yes, yes, yes. We've been there, uh, like I said, 10 years. Um, I'm the oldest brewery on the Dallas side of town. I mean, we, we just, I mean, we get great support from the city of McKinney. Um, it, it's probably Collin County, and by far, our hugest area that we sell to. I mean, we just get such it's such a love and appreciation for our beer, even though from those that are not craft beer drinkers that we turn into craft beer drinkers in Collin County stuff, just because in Texas, everybody wants to support whatever's local to them, and we've, we've really enjoyed that in the past 10 years. So. Well, I definitely know that, you know, and I, I, I definitely appreciate you guys being from McKinney and really repping the North Texas craft brew scene, so... Uh, keep doing what you're doing. I'm really excited to try these new four these uh, four beers that you guys have, and uh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna. You know, I, I haven't been up there yet, but I definitely want to come up there at some point and uh, take your guys' tour. Absolutely. You know, we do our tour every Saturday at 11. We do it the old German style way. Show up at 11, five bucks, drink all you want, and just enjoy the beer. So. Right on. Well, thank you so much. And I'm standing here with James Lalonde, who's famed BJCP Grandmaster. Who kisses and hugs everybody? Exactly. Um, I missed you earlier tonight, but I'm glad you came out of your white buffalo hibernation. I did, I did. Yes, I did. So what tell me, me, yeah, have you had anything really that stands out tonight? Well, I tell you what, the Schnoob is pretty good, or Scroob, whatever he wants to call it, uh, the Schwarz beer over at Rabbit Hole. Enjoyed it. Thought that there was a Hellas that was nice. Uh, somewhere over in the other corner. But one of my favorites so far has been the St. Arnold Orange. They got an orange cream ale or orange something. Bright, refreshing, fantastic. And that says a lot because St. Arnold also has the Divine Reserve 18 at the table, which is a really rich, thick, uh, I, uh, uh, imperial stout. Yeah, it's crazy. That one too. I had that one too. It's fantastic. And so for you to choose the very light, nice, orange, pleasant beer over the RIS, that says a lot. Yeah, I give a lot of weight to the bright, refreshing, easy-drinking beer. Uh, I do like the big beers, but I want a beer that I can really uh, enjoy. It's very refreshing a lot of times. So again, I think it's a lot harder to make. I think the uh, Russian Imperial, that one, it's fantastic. Know the guy, the recipe it came from. But that bright, refreshing uh, orange just really does a good job. I really agree with that. Um, you also mentioned a nice Hellas over on that side of the room, so I'm going to assume you're talking about Bankhead, yes, yes. which I've been to Bankhead one time. 
and I think they're doing some really fantastic things with lagers, like especially the really low alcohol, nice, really well crafted, like Bohemian Pilsners, things like that. But they don't get enough credit. Why is that? Why is those little beers? Because they're so simple, and so many people in the craft world are looking for a beer that has tons of flavor, tons of character, lots of hops. Well, those little light, refreshing beers that are really true, true to form, um, not full of adjuncts, not full of rice, corn, sugars, that are just easy, one, in, one ingredient basically, um, are the most difficult, but they can be very, very complex in their own right uh, because you're not trying to pick out 18 different flavors. You're only picking out one, two. You get a breadiness and a graininess uh, with, with everything else being well balanced, whereas that Russian Imperial style we're talking about, it had roasted, it had chocolate, it had caramel, it had fruit, it had all these other characteristics. I mean, it even had vanilla, and it was not even an oak-aged beer. It had a vanilla characteristic. So when you look at a beer that is uh, in its purest form, um, nothing more than one single base, uh, base malt uh, that is like a Pilsner, the uh, Hellas, um, all those beers are, are, are really delicate. Um, they, they're not overly difficult like people may think, but if you don't get it right, then you know you didn't get it right. Um, little small things can take it a long ways, uh, but they're they're enjoyable and you can drink more than one. So, Isn't that the truth? I mean, you, you know, we've seen the trends over time of like sour beers and then really crazy IPAs who can have the hoppiest beer and then, you know, Imperial Stouts and even like high alcohol beers. I'd really like to see the trend of who can make the best session, really well-crafted, low-alcohol, nice lager. So we are on the cusp of that. I, as I've uh, started to see breweries popping up with new things, um, you saw locally community. They've got a Hellas that came out about two years ago. You're starting to see that trend come away from the big uh, high-alcohol beers, and you're seeing more and more of these simple, um, straightforward, uh, more standard classical beers are coming out, and, and all the local craft guys are doing a really good job of trying to bring some of that back. I think I think even the brewers themselves, while we all love our IBAs, I think they're wanting to come off and do something a little different, and it's strange. A little different is the old classic historical things nowadays, and and other than you know fruit beer is big right now and that's a fun one but but for the different to be a pilsner or a hellas or even a good old-fashioned american pale ale you're seeing breweries come back to the old school styles as their new refreshing thing because a lot of the new market craft beer lover they don't even know what those styles are so we got a we got a whole new market by teaching the old to the new well, you heard it here first, folks. Hashtag make beer great again. Thanks to James. Thank you for talking to us, James. Thank you very much. Glad to have you. And I'm standing here with Mr. Ninkasi himself. <laughs> my name my name is Travis from, uh, yeah, the Bruce Stiles Podcast. So tell me your name, sir. Nick McCoy. And your name? Jeff Perot. So, I know that you've been to Blue Bonnet multiple times, but I want to know what what stands out. What stands out to you tonight? What stands out, stands out tonight is uh, we've got a lot of fantastic beers here. 
Um, a lot of great new breweries, which some of which I've not heard of, which is it's very neat to kind of try some of the beers that they've got. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a great evening. Isn't that one of the most exciting things? It's like every year you come out and then there's new names. There's even like beer, uh, brewers that have been around for a long time and they've been renamed. Uh, for example, Cobra is now Old, uh, Old Town Brewery and I had no idea that they, that they renamed. Yeah, so it's like no matter what, you, you have new people. Uh, Nick, tell me what you uh, have really, really sat on tonight. You know, the Cellist stuff is really good. It's really good to see them back up and operating after all these years and everything they've been through. Cells has been great. Rabbit Hole is always great to see. I mean, just to see all these brewers here. It's a family. We've all been here for a long time. It's good to see each other. That is really exciting. You know, after Pierre really set up his shop in Austin and then uh, sadly passed away several years ago, but Christina picked up, uh, picked up the handle, and uh, it's glad that, that she's carried on the name. So it's neat to see the fact that they're also bringing back some of the styles from the original brewery they had down in Austin. Um, I was talking with the brewer over there, a few of the reps over there, and they were talking about the fact that they're bringing back the Double, the uh, Grand Cru, and they had, uh, I guess it was the Raspberry as well. So they're bringing out some of their beers from the past, which is nice. Absolutely. Gentlemen, I really appreciate you uh, talking to us, and cheers until then. Oh, cheers, man. Cheers. All right. Someone spilled beer on my elbow. Someone spilled beer on my pants. <laughs> I did. I spilled that. Hey. And we are standing here with the Strange Union folks. Glad to be back. And they are here live at Blue Bonnet 2018. Nick's around here somewhere. I got to go find the guy. Nick is dead to us now. But you are all here, and that's, what's, that's what matters. I'm going to run and get him real quick. Talk to the lady. <laughs> what can we get for you? Well, first, I want to talk about this beautiful setup that you have. Because the last time that I was with you guys, we had just simple bottles and simple glassware. But now... We're looking at a very nicely designed jockey box that has uh, has everything that's on tap. It has a, a chalkboard backing, and uh, it's, it's quite nice. So tell me. The whole thing. Um, Nick and I actually worked very hard on this over the last week. Um, you know, uh, we crafted this out of our own materials, and, um, you know, it was... Uh, it was actually pretty easy to do, but it, it was well worth it. Well, it, well worth the hard work. Yes, it really shows because, you know, as you look around, production and presentation matters. You know, some people have, I'm not going to name names, but some people just have a bucket with ice and, and cans in it. And then some people have a very nice, well-crafted wooden cabinet or box. And, and that, that really matters. So for your first impression onto the DFW market, this is a really cool thing. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. We wanted to make a good impression, um, especially being a very new brewer um, and, and brewery to uh, the DFW area and being invited out. We wanted to make a good impression. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. So tell us about what you have available tonight. Um, so we have our um, cinnamon toast brunch. It's a blonde ale uh, brewed with lactose and honey, um, also aged on cinnamon and vanilla. Uh, we also have our wheat wine, which I think you guys had tried before. It's our weekday wino. Um, it's actually very um, 
sneaky is what I call it. <laughs> I like that term, sneaky. It's, it's quite sneaky. It's one of my favorites. Um, we also have our oat milk stout, 9.3 uh, ABV, very robust, um, very earthy flavors. We love it. It's one of our favorites. And then we actually have our new double IPA, which is the um, Switched On. It's uh, actually got some really good hops with uh, the Mandarina, El Dorado, and Citra hops. It's very tropical flavored. Uh, got It's uh, one of our newer beers, and we really love it. I love it. Yeah, I think uh, on our episode we had we had um, the oatmeal stout and the wheat wine, but I don't think we had the cinnamon toast, and I don't think we had the double IPA. So. I am currently sipping on that cinnamon toast brunch, and let me tell you, it is awesome. It's great. I can't even tell you why it's great, but it's great. <laughs> well, well, in that case, I think I need to have the double IPA so that we... Wrap up the whole. Yes, please. I'll. Cinnamon toast. No, he wants a double IPA. I will drink whatever you give me. No, don't pour it out. Don't pour it out. I can pause this and come back later. Yeah, it's a nice little like breakfast beer, just real simple. And sometimes that's what you want. It's just yeah. you don't so, have to think about it. So the, exactly. base, the base of that beer, we wanted it to be like a beer that you'd wake up at like 9 o'clock in the morning and say, yeah, I'm going to drink a beer. Drink oh, I'm going to drink this. Yeah. Yeah. And so exactly for inspiration, we kind of looked around and said, who has a beer like that? This Martin really House good. has Daybreak. And so we were kind of like, let's try to do something big, cereal, kind of, you this know. This is a little sweet, though. And um, that, that's, that's the horchata one. Horchata! Oh, I like it. It's good. It's good. It's sweet. It's, it nails the horchata. Yeah, it does. It's good. Yeah. All right, set me up with a double IPA. This is a, this is a newbie for me. The last IPA I had was a, uh, a New England IPA. And they were... They were excited about it, but at the same time hesitant because of the, the culture. Yeah. So tell me about this one. So this one has uh, the mandarina hops. It has El Dorado and Citra, which is done in both Whirlpool. It's done in dry hop. Um, We've changed some things significantly from the previous time. So as you can tell, looking at the clarity, take a look. What do you think? It's a little different, right? Not as opaque. Yeah, there's a there's a big difference. It's you know, I'd say slightly hazy, but nothing like. A so in, in my mind, I, we we weren't really trying to hit a New England style at this point. We really wanted to try to make something that really let the hops shine. I feel like sometimes when you get a lot of that opaque haziness, it it adds a little bit of like protein, a little bit too much, kind of can be a little bit off. And so we were trying to get something that had a cleaner representation of what the hops were going to be. More of a true IPA, but a little bit, you know, a little bit of kind of some funky adjuncts in there as well. And to be honest, I'm glad you did that because when you presented the, the New England IPA, you guys didn't feel like you owned it. You were like, we have this, we did it because we have to, but it wasn't you. It wasn't so much a, a, of a have to, it was like, let's try to flex that muscle see what happens um, me personally I really like how this one turned out the the haze on it 
It's not opaque. You know, it has a good, it's almost like a chill haze kind of look to it. Um, and, and I like the flavor. The flavor really came out. The smell's just as good. The one thing I'm not really happy with in this one is it. we used a, a new yeast. We went with the Conan strain on this one. And man, that, that stuff is aggressive. It like went to town. Like I was, I expected to go in there like day four or five, it'd be close to done, finishing, cleaning up. That thing was still dropping a week and a half later. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So maybe that was just un unexpected. Maybe it was what we did to kind of make it happy in there, but they really loved the playground and I think it dried it out a little bit too much, pers personally. But. Man, I'm really, I'm really glad to see you guys out here, the Strange Union guys at, uh, at Blue Bonnet. So thank you, Danny, for your time. Thank you very much. Glad you guys are out here. Glad to see you. And I'm standing here with the owners of Hot Fusion Brewing, and it happens to be next to Macy. Macy, how are you doing? Good, man. How are you doing? Doing well. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be amongst all these smiling faces and good beer. Uh, I noticed that you have a giant box of beer. So tell me, what do you have today? We got yeah, two big boxes of beer. We got uh, Feisty Blonde, a Honey Vanilla Blonde, Tejano Lager. It's a Mexican-style Vienna Lager. Uh, Coco Anejo, it's a milk stout with uh, roasted coconut. And then we have uh, Sprockets, it's an East German alt beer. Oh my God, everything sounds amazing. Do you remember when we were kids and like you get a suicide and get like yeah, all yeah, the sodas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally, yeah. Has anyone asked for that? Like have all the beers at once? Nobody's asked for that tonight. They do ask for it at the tap room occasionally, the suicide, yeah. I don't think I'm brave enough to ask for that tonight. You can, do it. You can totally do a suicide. I guarantee you it's gonna be all right. All right, I think I'm gonna have to do that. So. In my little two-ounce glass, Mason's going to pour a... Yeah, th this is intense. He's pouring a half ounce of all four beers in my little two-ounce glass to form a hot fusion suicide, which for those of our, our younger listeners, back in the day, we would go to CC's and you would get the, the water cup for free. No, you, you, you go to CC's, you ask for the water cup, and they give it to you, and then you go to the soda thing, and then hit up all of them, like the Coke and the everything. All right, so now I... I I'll tell you right now, that's really good. That's really good. Macy says it's really good. I'm going to give this a shot, too. All right, so we have a mixture of Feisty Blonde, Tejano Lager, Coco Anejo, and Sprockets, which is a alt beer. Looking at it, it's uh, well, it's still fairly clear. Uh, it's like a, it, it's this is mahogany. This is mahogany. Mahogany, very very lovely head. Interesting. Aroma is, it's like a mixture of just everything. It's like Walt Disney threw up. It is exactly as Travis said. It is all like all the things. Yeah, you really can't delineate what you smell because there's a lot of things. You got malt, you got hops, you got chocolate, you got coffee. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of things happening. It it just smells like it smells. 
All right, on the flavor, I'm getting coconut. Coconut is the first thing I get. Uh, yeah, so that that, car that carries through a lot. The vanilla comes through quite a bit. Uh, some sweetness, a little bit of a, a little bit of the citrus notes from the feisty blonde that comes through as well. But man, yeah, I'm surprised how heavily the coco the coco anejo really carries through in this one. Try it by itself. I have a little bit of it by itself right here. It's it, it, it's a very strongly coconut beer. Yeah, that is intense coconut. So I understand why it comes through so much in the suicide. Macy, your thoughts? I put it pretty heavy on that one just to try to bring the coconut up to try to hide the fact that you just mixed some really weird beers together. <laughs> well, part of tonight is being weird, and I appreciate you guys being weird with me. So thanks, Macy. <laughs> right on. Thank you, man. Awesome. My name is Travis. I'm with the Brew Styles podcast. We talk about beers, and you guys make beers, so you're the perf perfect person to talk about. Um, can I just say you guys have been the bell of the ball here with your Hellas? Like, seriously. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> we brought the double IPA, but we expected it to go fast, but it was kind of a five-to-one on the Hellas of the double. All right, so I've been to Bankhead one time. Uh, I live in Arlington, so it's... A bit of a trip to me uh, to get it to Rowlett, but there was one time that I took the TRE to Union Station and then took the Blue Line to the end of the stop all the way to Rowlett and then walked to Bankhead and I had a, uh, a couple flights. And out of that, my favorite beer was the Bohemian Lager. Just a real simple, real straightforward lager. And, and that really stuck with me is that the best beer that you guys are doing is something that's so simple. And after going through the entire room tonight, I've seen the same kind of thing, is that the best beer I like is the nice, simple things that y'all are doing. The Hellas that you had earlier, fantastic. The the homemade lager I talked about, and then the, uh, well, we have now the German Pilsner, Auga, also equally is, is fantastic. Just tell me your thoughts. Well, I mean, we go with classic styles. It's, it's all about brewing traditional ways using classical ingredients. I mean, if you look at the Uga, the German Pilsner versus the Whoopi, the Bohemian Pilsner, same ingredients virtually. It's all about water chemistry. So you get the soft water for the Bohemian Pilsner, a um, little crisp, sharper, a lot more gypsum in the uh, German Pilsner, changes the whole beer. But it's all about the ingredients, the technique, definitely technique. We do a decoction on both our Pilsners. And that brings out that malt character that you, you just have to have in a, a straightforward beer like a Pilsner. All right, so we have a very small reaching podcast, but I'm going to say today, March 23rd, 2018, that I'm declaring that Bankhead Brewing has the best beer in DFW by far because of the fact that you can make small lagers on a world-class level multiple times again and again and again that's the hardest thing sure you can make a big a big ipa you can make a big uh you know imperial stout something like that but to make a small simple german lager a small bohemian pilsner again and again at a world coast level that matters 
And I'm really sad that all these people that are around here looking for the big, the next big thing, don't get it. But I'm going to say right now, Bankhead is making the best beer in DFW. Thanks, thanks. I, I definitely have a good partner that helps me with Chad. So it's, it's all, about, all about technique, all about the details. If you don't spend the time on the details, you're not going to get the best beer. I could not agree more. Ryan, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us for our latest episode of Brew Styles, where our topic of discussion was drinking every single beer at the Blue Bonnet Brew-Off Festival, which we were close to accomplishing, but I don't think we quite made it. However, the night is still young. Join us next time when we hopefully bail out of jail and have episode 130. Cheers until then. And I'm sitting here in an elevator with several people who are quite inebriated. Uh, like, wait, we're on the sixth floor. And someone's about to leave. Oh, you're the lucky winner. So now everyone else gets to interview me as we ride up to the 10th floor. Oh, hi, I, I am on the 11th floor. You've got I, a long way to go. I do. I'm quite inebriated, yes, and, and as you said. How did you get the name Sovereign? Uh, that was my my manifesto. You know, That was my personal manifesto, and that was... That was the, the, the moniker that I achieved among my cohorts. I love it. <laughs> and I'm on the 10th floor, so I bid you adieu. Have a good night. Have a good night. The time is now 1.51 a.m. The clock just flipped over to 1.52 a.m. Central Standard Time. Powers is nowhere to be seen. He is lost to us. The only thing left is a puddle of beer.